1: Many medications that you took prior to expecting are no longer safe for your growing baby. So what are your options when you're suffering from an ailment and need effective relief? I'm Paula Tipton-Healy, a homeopathic consultant, and today on Preggy Pals, we'll be discussing the use of homeopathy to contribute to a healthy pregnancy for mom and baby. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating?
2: I think I just peed
3: myself! I'm pregnant! And I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta (laughs) make these pants fit!
0: I've got kinkles! What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, we're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego, Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents. Or even if you're not pregnant yet but you want to be pregnant, go ahead to our website www.preggypals.com and learn up on all of the applicable things that you need to know about being pregnant and birth and new babies, all that kind of stuff. I'm your host, Annie Laird. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members will get special episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. See the website for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, and that's available on Android, iTunes, and the Windows marketplaces. And this is a great way for you to keep up on all your pregnancy topics while you're waiting around, while pushing your stroller uh, with your toddler in the park, just anytime uh, you're looking to kill some time. Samantha, our producer, is now going to give us some more information about our virtual panelist program. Sam, take it away.
3: All right. Thanks, Danny. So if you don't live in San Diego, but you'd like to be a panelist on our show, you can still participate through our virtual panelist program. Just like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter using hashtag PreggiePalsVP. We'll post questions throughout the week prior to our taping, and we'd love for you to... Comment directly so we can incorporate your thoughts into our episode. You can also submit your questions directly to our experts. Learn more about our VP program through the community section on our website, www.preggypals.com.
0: Thanks, Sam. All right, well, let's uh, introduce ourselves. uh, Just a few people in the studio today. So I'm Annie, I'm the host. I'm uh, almost 36 years old. Uh, Occupation during the day is I'm a government contractor. Um, I have no due date, Uh, I have three little girls. No, no type of birth coming up for he, me here shortly. So, <laughs> I was just talking to my husband about that. He's deployed right now, so that uh, I think we're we're done, but we're not like vasectomy done, you know. So just ninety m- percent done. We're like ninety percent done. Like I'm like maybe maybe just a month out of diapers would be awesome. Like That'd before, be fantastic. before yeah. Right now, I got two in diapers. I changed like this morning before I went to the gym. I must have changed six diapers. <laughs> six i like ridiculous. i kept putting the baby down and like then hearing just her fill her diaper again as i'm changing like, the great. toddler i'm like awesome another toddler. i'm totally not going to yeah there no, there's another one good thing i use you know the cheap diapers there you so, go yeah all right
3: i'm samantha i'm the producer of Preggy pals i have an 18 month older 18 month old daughter named olivia um no due date as of now although i wish i did and hoping for a v-back next time around
0: awesome all right We always love to get comments uh, and feedback. Feedback, thank you. Feedback from our listeners. Uh, So if you uh, comment us uh, and go to our Facebook pages uh, or go to our website, you have an opportunity there. If you go to our website, you can submit comments that way. Please submit them because we read them on air. So right now, Sam is going to be giving us some feedback that we got from our website
3: so here we are so Deidre left us this comment on our latest episode considering sacred pregnancy but we were talking about an article that came out from ACOG regarding water birth. right okay so that was
0: like the 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 intro to the uh before we started talking about sacred pregnancy Exactly. okay
3: so I'm gonna go ahead and read it and uh let's get started okay so hey everyone I want to start by saying that I love the show I don't have anyone I can talk with about these topics, and I'm often overwhelmed by the chat on online forums. I've been going through older episodes as well as keeping up with the new ones. I can't say how much I appreciate the podcast. I was left feeling uneasy after the quote-unquote review at the start of our Sacred Pregnancy episode. The discussion was to be a review of an article on water birthing, but based on the discussion, it sounded like the panelists read the title of the article, not the article itself. I'm not going to go point by point, but I think the ACOG article does a great job at communicating that there is a need for more research and that if someone is to choose a water berth, they should do so knowing the risks, which are few but devastating, and that there are no known benefits. Also notes that there are known benefits to laboring in water, but certain regulations need to be followed. The discussion was full of guesses and little reference to what the article actually said. No one seemed to disagree with what was actually in the article, but somehow didn't like that it had been written. I, too, want women to have options, but just as importantly, I want them to have real information from which they can make informed decisions. This podcast is such a great research, but this discussion missed the mark. You end the conversation saying that you hope this article doesn't discourage women from choosing water birth. I wish you had ended it with, I hope this article encourages women to do research and seek expert advice so they can be well informed when they make choices regarding labor and delivery. I look forward to the next episode. Keep up the good work.
0: All right, well thanks Deidre. Thanks yes, for you thank know we you. we always uh you know want to hear from our listeners and yes. hear what they have to say. So, and and I wanted to make clear too that you know when we talk about uh articles like this, you know, uh it's impossible for us to uh, completely take out our bias, right? Of so, course. yeah. So I'm sure that that uh, that came through. And want to say as well, you know, we we are definitely not uh, doctors or midwives or anything like that. So everything that we say on here, please take it as not from a, a care practitioner. You know, if you want a, a care practitioner's opinion uh, about what they they think is uh, research based, then you need to ask your care practitioner. So right,
3: exactly. And I think we're here just to. It's. I mean, our conversations are like women sitting around having coffee. We're not. Here here to right. analytically review every article. We're here to have a discussion about what it's about. But it's unfortunate that, you know, we came off a little more biased than maybe we should have. Yeah.
0: Today on Preggie Pals, we're talking about the use of homeopathy during pregnancy. Joining us today as our expert is Paula Tipton-Healy. Uh, Paula is a homeopathic consultant, uh, and that is the capacity that she's talking to us today. But she's also going to be talking a lot about, as this is a pregnancy and birth podcast, uh, about uh, midwifery. And she uh, was retired for a time, but now she's back in practice and catching babies again. Uh, her website is www.paulatiptonhealy.com. .com, and there's a dash between the Tipton and the Healy there. Paula, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Annie. Well,
0: I think it's so exciting, too. I got to say this here, because when I was preparing for this episode, I know that for a time you had retired and were focusing on your uh, your homeopathy, uh, and but that you're you're
1: back in the game now. You're back catching babies. I am. And the funny thing is, I've been retired for almost 10 years, and Um, There hasn't been a year that has gone by, I think, that I haven't done or gone to at least five or six deliveries Mm -hmm. while I was retired. And then I thought, hmm, maybe there's something to that. So I am back in the business now. Yeah,
0: that's great. Now, um, going and talking a little bit more today, obviously, the topic for today is homeopathy. So how is homeopathy? I think everybody has heard of, you know, uh, teething tablets or something like that. But um, how is it different than other traditional types of medication that a
1: pregnant woman could use? It's different in several ways. Um, one is how it's prepared. And uh, a lot of people think immediately when they hear homeopathy, they think you mean natural medicine, which it is, mm-hmm. but they also think uh, that means herbs. And they're very act- very different, actually. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things is how it's prepared. It's actually done in micro doses and what's called succust or shook up. And um, the other thing that's very different is uh, that it's completely non-toxic. There is no toxicity, there's no side effects Mm -hmm. with it, which is really, really different. And the reason I got into it as a midwife and Mm -hmm. the reason I started studying it was looking for something that was safe and effective for right. moms and babies. Right. How
0: are teething tablets different than, like, traditional homeopathy? I guess I think of, uh, like, the
1: tubes, uh, you know, that you could find out of sprouts or something like well, that. Well, they're the same. They're still homeopathic remedies. It's just teething tablets use uh, their combination remedies. They take four or five remedies or could be more, Mm -hmm. that can be used often for teething babies successfully, and they put them all in one container, and hopefully one of those, the symptoms match and will work. And, you know, as long as they're not too low a potency so that you're actually using the raw substance, there's no harm in that at all. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I, I guess I thought it was um, that there was a, a batch of them that were pulled off the market for uh, belladonna. Like there was two, and see now I don't understand the high dose. And so the low I will dose tell you, it. yeah, that
1: was the thing. Is belladonna. Uh, First of all, homeopathy can be made from anything. It's made from all those herbs that we know about, animal, vegetable, mineral. It doesn't matter. They can be made into homeopathic remedies. And many of the remedies are made from very toxic substances in its original form. But once it passes like the 4C um, potentization, anything above that, 4C, 6C, 12C, 30 there is no longer any of the original substance in it. Therefore, it's non-toxic. But if you use it like belladonna in its original form is toxic and you use it in too low a potency, like a 1X, 2X, or 3X, um, then still it would take a lot of it to yeah. be
0: toxic. You have to like, have the whole bottle. So how do you take homeopathic remedies then?
1: Well, we usually have a couple of recommendations. One is don't touch them with your hands. And the reason for that is if you have... Um, moisture on your hands—they'll start dissolving very quickly because they're meant to go be sublingual or buccal, so they go—they they're absorbed through the mucous membranes. Mm-hmm. So we and so if you have any kind of moisture on your hands you can start deteriorating the remedy right then the other thing is if you have any like high aromatics on your hands oils lotions you know every uh what are those things antiseptic stuff you know on your hands you can actually nullify the remedy or Mm -hmm. cancel it It, it's not like you're going to have a drug reaction or interaction or anything like that you don't hurt it but you may not get maximum um, benefit from benefit from Ah, it okay all right yeah, it was uh,
0: my midwife. I think you worked with her, actually, uh Marla Hicks. Yeah, you know, the first she's time. Lovely. Yeah, it was my uh, my second uh, baby, and and I'd never taken a homeopathic remedy. Of course, I'd used teething tablets. I don't know who doesn't use teething tablets. Right. Do I've used them. Yeah, but um, it was a, a. I don't even remember what remedy it was for. But she's like, "Okay, hey, have you taken them before?" I'm like, "Yeah, teething tablets." She's like, nah, not really." And she comes over with the thing. She's like, "Underneath your tongue." I'm like, "What?" Yes. I'm not supposed to touch them,
1: but that makes a lot of sense now, you know. So, uh, what I we, we, what I recommend for my clients is you just put the remedy in the cap, dump mm-hmm. it under the tongue, and then and make sure it's like 15 to 20 minutes before or after eating. And again, that's just if you have anything in your mouth that the um would cancel it. Ah, okay. You're not going to get uh, maximum efficiency. And that's the same
0: thing for like brushing your teeth as well.
1: Even more so because that's really a high aromatic. Most toothpastes have mint in them. Mm -hmm. So that can cancel a remedy, certain remedies very quickly. And it's just easier just to say, don't touch them with your hands and take them away from food. It doesn't really matter whether you have anything in your stomach. It's not like medications. Right. It's just, you don't want to have something in your mouth that cancels it out. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Now you already mentioned before, these are not uh, herbal products. So it's it's different than taking an herb. If like if you go to someone who does traditional Chinese medicine and they give you herbs, yes, this is different than that. Exactly. I went mm-hmm. to
1: acupuncture school. So mm-hmm. it's and you learn and I'm not saying that herbs are not good. They mm-hmm. are good, but they are prescribed in the same way medicines are, regular allopathic medicines. So if you have sneezing and a runny nose, you're going to take either a medication or an herb that dries up the mucous membranes so that you don't have the runny nose and the sneezing. Mm -hmm. That's how allopathic medicine works, and that's how herbs work. In homeopathy, it's completely the opposite. We're going to look for something in a healthy person that if we gave them a plant or whatever it was that we gave to a healthy person and they started having a runny nose and sneezing, then we make a remedy from that and give it to that person and it balances them and the body heals itself. And that's two things that's super important for anyone that is wanting to know anything about homeopathy that's important. One is that we believe the body is always trying to heal itself. And if we allow it to come into balance, it will heal itself. And the second thing is that homeopathy is based on the belief and the understanding and the fact that like cures like. Mm-hmm. And that's the, so it's really opposite of what we have learned in Western medicine. Right. Um, Where and the main body
0: is, you're thinking of a sick person, you know, a, and yeah, how do you fix that?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also trying to do the opposite of what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And what you're really doing is putting a Band-Aid on it. And that's really different in homeopathy. We don't want to put band aids on anything. Right. We want to balance the person. You want to get to the core of the issue, is where it sounds
0: like allopathic and medicine is just treating the symptom, not that's treating exactly the root. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay. So where do
1: you get these remedies from then? Well, there are several places. If you're looking at lower potencies, um, well, low to medium potencies, you can buy them at Sprouts, Jimbo's here in San Diego. We have a couple of Uh, homeopathic pharmacies here that carry um, some of the uh, less uh, everyday remedies, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, One is Kemp. It's been around for many, many years. Kemp Pharmacy in San Diego on 30th. And there's also Arcana uh, Pharmacy near the 56 and 5. Mm -hmm. And um, and, uh, Pharmaca also carries, not a lot, but they carry a, a pretty good amount of the what we call polycrest remedies and a polycrest remedy are common remedies that are used for a lot of different things Mm -hmm. now do you need a prescription for
0: this type of thing from a homeopathic consultant or is that something somebody just go in and buy them
1: most remedies you just go in and buy there's thousands Mm -hmm. that you can just go buy off the shelf there are a few um, you know homeopathic remedies are regulated by the fda just like anything else and um so there are a few of them. If their base product is made from something that is a controlled substance in the U.S., uh, then you need a prescription mm-hmm. for it, which is really kind of funny. That's not true in other countries. By the way, homeopathy is super common in most—I've uh, been to many other countries, and they're really, really common. I mean, in Spain and in France and in Germany, I could walk into any pharmacy and buy homeopathic remedies right along with any kind of medications.
0: Yeah, you definitely can't do that if you go into like a CVS or Rite no. Aid. I mean, the only thing you could probably get is uh, maybe some kind of Arnica cream. That's- uh,
1: no, they have the, – people are <laughs> – now they're really starting to bottle up a lot of things like Arnica and Tromil, and uh, there's SnoreStop, which is incredible. It's a homeopathic combination for snoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many of my uh, women have thanked me after they snuck them into their husbands before <laughs> bed. <laughs> and uh, it's a combination remedy, but it's pure homeopathic. Zycam mm-hmm. is a pure Homeopathic that is for colds and shortening cold time period, and those are all commercial they're very expensive. It's funny because people think that they're okay since they're commercially um, developed, and they don't have to go and buy something that's just pure just says homeopathy on the package. Mm-hmm. They think it's just another medication at the at the pharmacy,
0: yeah. And what are some kind of common uses that, uh, you know, as a homeopathic consultant that you're prescribing or you're recommending to pregnant women? Pregnant women.
1: Right. Um, I, I, in fact, this morning on the way, I just jotted down a couple of, these are the most common things Mm -hmm. that I have prescribed for prenatally, Mm -hmm. is morning sickness, hemorrhoids, constipation, diarrhea, cystitis, urinary tract infections, um, back pain, uh, malposition of the baby. Um, Pidilism, that's where uh, excessive saliva mm-hmm. in pregnancy. Pregnancy mask, that's a super common one. Those are the uh, severe fear of giving birth. That's a big one, too. I think I took that one. What well, is <laughs> what is that one, there's, there's a couple of them. Gelsimian is a precipitory uh, type fear, like fear, test-taking, birth, those kind of things. Another what one is, one is that one again? Gelsimian. So there's yeah. four. Yeah. Four super well, common let me, ones. Well, let, me, let me listen to the four. Okay. Let me see. Gelsimian. Simasifuga, chamomilla, and rescue remedy. Ah, okay. Well,
0: I think I got some rescue remedy and then the, the yeah, then the first one. So it I'll makes watch. a huge difference. Yeah, I'm not really. kidding.
1: Like I have come to, you know, I've been at thousands of births. I've been a midwife for over 30 years. I've trained a lot of midwives here and in Mexico. I have come to the house at times where I thought women were totally prepared. Everything was great. And, uh, you know, I am specialized in home birth. So come to the house and they're like, they look like deer caught in the headlights. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I immediately get out my kit. I mm-hmm. give them one of these remedies, depending on what, which one, you know, matches their symptoms the best. And I'm telling you, I've never, ever had to transport or change the birth plan because of anxiety or fear. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I haven't had lots of transports, but you know, yeah. for those reasons. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, when we come back, we're going to be discussing dosing. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today we're talking about the use of homeopathy during pregnancy. Paula tipton Healy is our expert. Now, Paula, we talked a little bit uh, before the break about dosing, and you mentioned Xs and, and Cs and all that, but um, how would a pregnant no- woman know what kind of dose to get?
1: What What's the difference between ones with Xs and Cs and all the numbers in front of it? It's a good question. <laughs> First of all, there's low potencies, medium potencies, and higher potencies. And for across the board, when you're not sure what potency to take, I usually recommend taking a low to medium potency because then you're not going to have any issues there. And what I mean to say about that, as I said before, there's really no side effects or any problems. So then maybe you're wondering, how can I say there's any issues? There are times if you take high potencies for long periods of time and too much, you can have what's called approving, where you actually start exhibiting symptoms of the remedy itself. Hard to do that, but it can happen. So I recommend using lower to medium potencies, which are anywhere from Usually in the stores, you're going to see 6X, 6C, 12s, and 30s. Those are the most common, and those are the good potencies to go with, if you don't know, if you're not sure. And the difference, by the way, between an X potency and a C potency is how it's diluted. And so an X means to the 10th. And a C means to the hundredth. Oh, okay. Just like Roman numerals. Just so. like Roman numerals. So uh, that means that if something is a 1X, it's been um, diluted 1 to the 10th mm-hmm. and then succussed. And then a 2X is that has been taken out and it's 2 to the 10th. And a C is 1 to the 100th. The more a homeopathic remedy is diluted and then shaken up, the higher the potency, the deeper acting it goes. And so um, a 6X and a 6C both fall into a lower potency category, but a 6C is slightly higher because it's one to the hundredth than a 6X, which because is it's
0: diluted more. Diluted so. more, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, okay. And you mentioned that um, homeopathy
0: is regulated by the FDA because I didn't know that. I, yes. I, I, I thought it was just like, just. I know, something you make in your backyard or something, and, you know, you put in sprouts. <laughs> I have no idea at all.
1: No. Yeah. no. Yeah, it has to be. And it's all homeopathic remedies are prepared according to strict pharmacopeia, homeopathic pharmacopeia regulations. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose it'd have to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't allow it in sprouts, would no. they? No. Yeah. They wouldn't sell it. No, they wouldn't. Because there'd be too much liability. Then. Right. Of yeah. course. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all as well so a pregnant woman she could take you know you mentioned the whole list of things uh, of symptoms that uh, a pregnant woman normally come to you for so she can take these alongside the the western medicines then there's no- absolutely
1: there is no interaction there's no drug reaction that is stimulated to homeopathic and many clients, Will simultaneously be treated with medicine and also um, homeopathy and there's no problem with that at yeah all.
0: I mean I could see especially for something like I just had a dear friend she gave birth to her second baby and uh, she had very very bad morning sickness so I uh, I could see where if you know just one one um, modality wasn't working she was willing to try anything Oh, you I know? Bet. oh so. yes
1: and I was one of those I mean my first baby was born I hate to say this but <laughs> 38 years ago and I had the worst morning sickness i mean i lost 12 pounds in my first trimester wow and by my second baby which is willow who you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um i knew about homeopathy and it was a, I started out the same way uh, you know with uh, it's it, been like six weeks
0: isn't it it starts to kind of kick
1: in and yeah. and then it goes to about 12 to 15 weeks depending yeah. mine went for a lot longer mm-hmm. and it was very very difficult and, How old um, was your first when you had that then? No, that was my first, oh, okay. that I was that sick. Okay. And then when I was pregnant with my second, which mm-hmm. is Willow, I started out the same way, but I knew about homeopathy then, mm-hmm. and I started treating myself. And was I 100% completely better? I was not. I actually had a still a small amount of nauseousness when I first woke in the morning, but I would take my remedy. I had it right next to my bed, mm-hmm. and, um, and then I was okay. Mm-hmm. So it was a complete, and I know it would have been just as bad as with my first baby. Right. So my three following were so much better Yeah, with homeopathy. And there's not a lot in medicine, by the way, that's safe to give a pregnant woman for morning sickness. Yeah, I want to mention that now. I just
0: read about that where, um, I forget the name of the, the drug, but. Um, Thalidomide? What, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thalidomide was, that's where like the limbs didn't develop, I
1: think. Right. Very very look, scary. Uh, terrible. Look at looking mm-hmm. funny severe malformation in the fetus it mm-hmm. was really bad yeah and then now it's you, you just never
0: know um, down down the road you know is this medication safe in the long term is that's there exactly right. and and then you can't and that's such the nice thing with homeopathy is that it is non toxic um you know with some of these drugs that are they're that coming out you can't uh, ethically make a group of, you know, here's the control of pregnant women because it affects the the baby.
1: That's right. That's why so many medications say, uh, you know, if you're pregnant or nursing, consult your health practitioner. Right. And by the way, that's why it says that on homeopathic labels because of the FDA. Mm. And even though there is no consequence of taking them in pregnancy or nursing, um, they still have to put it on the label. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks, Paula, for joining us today. For more information about Paula and her practice, as well as information about Sam or I, since we don't have any other panelists today, well, learn about us, uh, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Paul is going to be discussing the use of homeopathy and how it can benefit you when you are actually giving birth to the baby. So that's like, you know, we talked a little bit about pregnancy. Now we're going to talk about the whole giving giving birth thing. Baby's got to come out eventually, one way or the other, right? Usually one or two ways. To join our
2: club, visit our website, preggypals.com. Hello, preggy Pals. I am Cynthia Caden, founder of Trick My Crib Nursery and Kids' Room Designs, where I help your nursery dreams come true. I'm excited to talk to you today about money-saving tips for the baby's room, specifically about saving on the crib. One of the first steps in designing your baby's room is to know your overall budget and develop a good idea of how much you have to spend on a crib. Second, explore whether you might have the opportunity to receive a hand-me-down or borrow a crib from someone who isn't using theirs. Moms love to help other moms-to-be. As a side benefit, they get that unused crib out of their home. If you are going to purchase a new crib, shop around. Go to the big baby stores to look, feel, and experience the crib hands-on, but then go home and shop online you will be amazed that you can find online virtually the same crib you fell in love with in the baby store for hundreds less. Convertible cribs are huge money savers. If you don't buy convertible, you should plan on buying a toddler bed in about two years and then a big bed in another two years. I think that's a huge waste of resources and it really is not necessary. The convertible cribs convert first to a toddler bed and then to a full-size bed, often with a headboard and footboard that already fits and matches the room. They are great. Be aware that you can also buy a crib mattress that converts from infant to toddler just by flipping it over. What a great money saver! I can help you find the perfect crib as part of my flat fee design service. Please like Trick My Crib on Facebook and visit my page often for decorating ideas. Thanks for listening to today's money-saving tips, and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips in the future. That wraps up our show for
0: today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, Twin Talks, for parents of multiples, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we'll be continuing our series on your changing pregnant body, talking all about your uterus. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.